You know, I've been hearing more and more about a thing called fake news. Fake, fake news. I've seen people destroyed, and I think it's very unfair. Some of the media outlets that I deal with the fake news. Fake, fake news. I think it's a disgrace, the absolute disgrace, but I don't think they care. Well, first of all, one of the reasons I'm here today is to tell you the whole Russian thing. That's a ruse. That's a ruse. I own nothing in Russia. I don't have any deals in Russia. Russia is fake news. I just see many, many untruthful things. The press has become so dishonest. The public doesn't believe you people anymore. You have a lower approval rate than Congress. You know, I've been hearing more and more about a thing called fake news. Welcome to the 23rd episode of Port Calls and Politics. And that little intro was courtesy of, I don't know, some random person on YouTube, but is the segue for today's episode because we are talking all about fake news. And this is not going to be a left-right, opinionated, biased account. I'm going to get into the details and nuance around this issue that is affecting democracy, discourse in America, and is generally just a very bad thing if you believe in truth and intellectual honesty. I am Mark Olson, an 11-year naval officer, here once again to bring you stories I've picked up over the years. Stories incredible, alarming, entertaining, and always true because the truth well, it's stranger than fiction. I am broadcasting from my studio apartment in Washington, D.C., and the rain is coming down once again, ruining this Memorial Day. I do want to give words of remembrance for those people who have given the ultimate sacrifice, paid the ultimate sacrifice for freedom and democracy. Though some might disagree, this is not a day of celebration. This is actually a day of remembrance. And so if you are in the D.C. area, I know it is raining, go over to Arlington. Or what I recommend everyone do is go on their computer and look up some Medal of Honor citations. Uh, In the past, I have used them in leadership training where I will go through and read some of the profiles of people who have paid the ultimate sacrifice and um, were awarded the Medal of Honor for their, uh, for their sacrifices. And there are just so many fascinating, heart-wrenching stories that really need to be told, and that is a very, very good place to start. It's one thing to say thank you for your service. It's another thing to actually go through and read about some of these wonderful patriots and gaining better insights into the sacrifices that they have in fact made. Today's episode chronicles some instances of fake news, as well as the different types that you may encounter and have probably already encountered. And what I'll do today is offer some examples, uh, some famous examples, some lesser known, and then I'm going to get into the meat and potatoes, and that is how each of us can combat fake news, which is, in fact, all over the place. And I should offer a distinction here. When I use the term fake news, I am actually not really talking about necessarily what Trump has been discussing. I'm talking about broader things. I'm talking about inaccurate stories that show up in social media that could be anti-Trump or could be anti left-wing groups, you name it. I'm talking about a much broader subject than specifically looking at what the administration is claiming. So if you want that, I'm sorry, that's not what I'm going to do. And that's not really what I do. So 
With that, let's get it on. Holy crap, it sounds like fake news is all around us. I know I just mentioned that, but that's my intro. Fake news lurking in the shadows and punching truth in the mouth. President Trump seems to think so, and according to a recent Monmouth University poll, or Monmouth, Monmouth University poll, a whopping 77% of respondents said they believe major traditional television and newspaper media outlets report fake news. That is a major issue for freedom, democracy, and the vaunted fourth estate. I hear it all the time. I try using different sources, but everything is tainted by bias, so I'm turned off by the news. How many of y'all feel the same way? But what is fake news? Real fake news. I understand that statement might be confusing, but real fake news is this. A type of yellow journalism or propaganda designed to deliberately disseminate misinformation or hoaxes. This spreading of half-truths or outright lies is intended to mislead subscribers and damage the reputation of the target. It could be an agency, the FBI, elected officials, or media institutions themselves. <clears throat> CNN, fake news. That's not, I'm, I wasn't trying to do a Trump impression. Moving on. Today, with unfettered access to cyberspace, fake news has gone mainstream. But by no means is it new. What is different is the advent of clickbait stories and anonymously hosted websites able to target and target effectively susceptible consumers of information. Today, I want to delve into the history, share a few personal stories about fake news, and offer some tips on how to free your mind from the scourge of false and misleading information. Now, for starters, we have to separate bias from fake news. I get it. Aren't, aren't bias articles fake news? Well, ish. Bias can represent fake news, but it's not a hard, fast rule. So here's what Claire Wardle of First Draft News says. She says fake news comes in the following forms. Number one, satire or parody. Now, satire or parody with no intention to cause harm, but has the potential to fool. I literally just reposted a hysterical article about a guy killed over the Indian Ocean during a confrontation with the USSR. The article dared people to share if they loved America and respected the sacrifice of servicemen. A Facebook friend commented, wow, I'm going to read up on this. I never knew. Oh, the picture? Well, that was Meg Ryan's on-screen husband, naval flight officer, and verified hero, Top Gun's Goose. Yup. It was Goose from Top Gun. And Goose, he didn't die over the Indian Ocean. He wasn't there. He died in a training accident, which set up Maverick, a.k.a. Tom Cruise's character arc. You get the drift. Reading the Facebook comments was a riot. Hundreds, thousands, duped by this viral post. Number two, false connection. When headlines, visuals, or captions don't support the content. Bad, inaccurate headlines. Here's one lobbed at soon-to-be former Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan. The headline goes, Ryan, Puerto Rico needs to get back on its own two feet. Hmm, that sounds a tad dismissive and callous. Well, what did he say, really say? Here's the actual quote. There's a humanitarian crisis that has to be attended to. And this is an area where the federal government has a responsibility and we're acting on it. Yes, we may need to make sure that Puerto Rico can 
begin to stand on its own two feet. They've already had tough fiscal problems to begin with. We've got to do more to help Puerto Rico rebuild its own economy so that it it can be self-sufficient. Now, was that full quote actually part of the article? Negatory. It was not. So, you can imagine that some people commented and commented in all caps and angry letters. One commenter reading the misleading headline commented, I want to take the high road. I do. It's important when our country is so fractured. But fuck you. Fuck you, Paul Ryan, and your cold, dead heart. Wow. Another, duped by the misleading content. Actually, there were a bunch. If you go through and you look at the article and read the angry uh, commenters, there were a bunch that were duped. And Paul Ryan actually said something that was kind of nice and supportive of the Puerto Rican people. So, awesome. Number three, misleading content. Misleading use of information to frame an issue or an individual. You see a lot of this with graphs. Gun control debate, for instance, or poverty. For gun control, people will look at gun deaths, slap the mass shooting badge on it, and look at just how crummy America is next to countries in Europe or Europe as a whole. The problem is they often add suicides, which obfuscates the facts. Look, I'm not going to sit here and say that gun-related deaths aren't a problem in this country. They are. But considering suicides equivalent from a statistical standpoint with gun murder in a more you know, generalized sense or mass shootings is misleading, intellectually dishonest, and muddies the waters of the debate. Poverty is another one. The Gini coefficient is a measure of the statistical dispersion intended to represent the income or wealth distribution of a nation's residents. It is probably the most common metric to measure inequality. So what happens is that people will look at the U.S. numbers or U.S. ranking and compare it to other countries and then say, see, the U.S. is so bad and unequal. Okay, well, that might be actually true, but using the Gini coefficient in this way can be misleading. All right, so let me explain it this way. The idea of the Gini coefficient is that a measure of zero across various household groups indicates perfect equality. Perfect equality? What a deal. Sounds fantastic. Here's the trouble. What if a country is stupid poor, but everyone is pretty much in the same lot? Their Gini rating would be close to zero. They're perfectly in a shitty situation. Meanwhile, the U.S., the richest country and economic powerhouse, rates higher on the scale. Thus, it is less egalitarian. Now, where would you rather live? I'd rather live in the United States. The Gini coefficient does not take into account absolute wealth. It is a relative measure. That's why Bangladesh, with a per capita of $1,693, and Netherlands at $42,183, have the same Gini coefficient of 0.31. Now, where would you rather live? Look, the Gini coefficient isn't bad at all. It just has limitations that need to be put up front. Oftentimes, they aren't. All statistical measures have limitations. And there's a saying in stats that all models are wrong, but some are useful. Genie is useful, but must be carefully used to make points. Again, the U.S. ranks worse than Cameroon, Thailand, Iran, Chad, Ghana, Congo, Russia, Uganda, Venezuela, 
Cambodia, West Bank, Niger, Liberia, and a bunch of others. Norway ranks numero uno. But still, does anyone seriously think one's economic prospects are better in Liberia than the U.S.? I didn't think so. Incorrect framing dupes people more often than we or they realize. Four, false context. When genuine content is shared with false contextual information. This is especially a good one. A quote taken out of context which paints an incomplete picture. Shirley Sherratt, remember her? In 2010, she was fired from her position as the Georgia State Director of Rural Development for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. A speech she gave raised eyebrows and was recorded, because everything today is recorded. She was black. Well, she still is. I mean, I didn't think she changed color. And anyway, her comments were seen as racist. She apparently used her position to deny a white family assistant, in particular a white farmer. Here's the rundown. The video shows Sherrod speaking to a predominantly black audience. She explains a personal story about a time her experience working with a white man seeking to save his farm. She admits to struggling helping him during a time so many blacks were losing their land. She says, so I didn't give him the full force of what I could do. Instead, she said she took him to a white lawyer, telling the audience his own kind would take care of him. I mean, that sounds bad, right? So a series of videos were pushed by the conservative news outlet Breitbart. She was fired. Trouble was, that wasn't the full extent of what she said. In fact, her narrative account was beautiful, in my opinion. It was a beautiful tale of empathy and overcoming racial avarice. The true speech went on to explain that she realized her innate prejudices were wrong and that the real issue at hand was the battle between those who have and those who don't. The struggling farmer, regardless of race, needed help. This proved to be a decisive learning or growth experience for her. She realized she developed both a superior attitude and chip on her shoulder recalling harsh aspects of her growing up in the South. The two, she and the white man, eventually became friends. She shifted her view from instantly believing that all white people had all the advantages to seeing the broader challenge of poverty that crosses ethnic and gender lines. She went all out to help him, and it was a success. But that's not what audiences at home got. Instead, the parsed video got her fired, condemned by the NAACP and the scorn of news outlets. Thankfully, the farmer, the white farmer, came to her aid and rendered support. The full video transcript was released and the Obama administration officially apologized to her. So what happened? Well, Sherrod sued Breitbart, eventually reaching settlement out of court. She was defamed her words taken out of context to paint her in negative light. She won, and in a joint statement for an undisclosed sum, it was said, the parties regret the harm that Ms. Sherrod suffered as a result of these events. In a gesture, they hope will inspire others to engage in the difficult but critically important process of bridging racial divides, the parties have agreed to resolve the lawsuit in confidential terms. So this is a good ending to a sad tale, right? Not really. Because even to this day, people still bring up Sherrod as an example of reverse discrimination, ignorant to the facts and duped by fake news. Now, that is not to say that reverse discrimination doesn't exist. 
there are examples that people can point out to that actually happening, but this is not one of them. Lies oftentimes never die. All right, number five, imposter content. When genuine sources are impersonated with false made-up stories. Well, I, I mean, I could point to all those Russian ads on Facebook probably fall into this category. Fictitious organizations made to look credible, spewing out falsehoods, all under banners that seem genuine and factual. They might even spoof credible news service logos, but modify them a smidge. Or they'll say that unnamed sources close to the administration says this or that, and it's all made up. Number six, manipulated content. When genuine inf information or imagery is manipulated to deceive, as with, uh, I don't know, a doctored photo. I mean, how many times have we seen this? One perfect example was the doctored photo that spread on the internet of an Antifa member beating up a police officer around the time of the Charlottesville killings by a white supremacist with his car. Posted by hashtag the persistence with the, with the caption, speaks volumes. Republicans have denounced racists and Democrats refuse to denounce Antifa. Was someone beating up a cop? Yes. Was the member Antifa? No, it wasn't. This beatdown actually occurred in Athens, Greece during the 2009 demonstration of the one-year anniversary of the death of Alexandro Grigopoulos, a 15-year-old who was killed by a police officer. The protester's jacket was originally blank, black and blank, but a Photoshop added the bold Antifa logo. Now, I for one don't like Antifa and their tactics, but this was fake news. Again, Americans... Thousands, if not millions, duped by manipulated content. Seven and lastly, fabricated content. New content that is 100% false, designed to deceive and do harm. In the realm of fake news, this is my favorite. I mean, favorite to hate, I guess. I mean, fabricated absurd content that is harmful. Damaging discord that is so out to lunch, it's unbelievable. But people still believe it. I've seen it firsthand, and I'm sure you have too. Let me share my story on the last one. Well, two stories that in many ways are thematically similar. It's election time, and President Obama is seeking a second term. Around this time, Benghazi happens. Speculation is rampant. Now, anyone out there who still doesn't think the embassy annex attack in Libya wasn't awful and embarrassing needs to read up. We now know that the YouTube video didn't spark the terrorist attack. The attack was premeditated. And we left our folks relatively high and dry. That is all true. Where things get screwy is how people left and right characterize the blunder. I've yet to be convinced that this was some elaborate cover-up. Susan Rice clearly went off script and made a bold statement that a stupid video kicked everything off. She was wrong. Then again, first reports, first press conferences, first leaks are nearly always incomplete at best and horribly inaccurate at worst. Doesn't matter if we're talking military operations, injury reports in sports, or yes, politics. First reports aren't worth the paper they're printed on. Now, many military folks or those who align squarely in the anti-Obama camp started to speculate. It makes sense. One, the conservative right just as the left does when it works you know, to their favor, takes any opportunity to point out the opposition's errors. 
Number two, Obama lacked credibility amongst the vast majority of military personnel. Not making that up, and the roots aren't fully understood, but it remains an indisputable fact. So imagine if the Associated Press pushes a story they found in cyberspace saying that a high-ranking admiral of the John C. Stennis strike group was fired, fired, because he tried to send help to beleaguered folks in Benghazi. Well, that is exactly what happened. Suddenly, an admiral, who I will keep nameless, but he's really not hard to find, became a lightning rod, a man, the man, who stood up to Obama and was punished for it. If this is true, it, it's horrible. Imagine that, an admiral who could have directed ships and aircraft to save the lives of Americans. Instead, he was told, directed, nay, ordered, to stand down. Other news outlets snagged the AP story, and it became truth. Holy shit. Not only did the administration lie about a clear terrorist attack, but they actively prevented military folks from providing support and then fired a seasoned leader to maintain the cover-up. Trouble is, and thankfully, that isn't what happened at all. The strike group was nowhere near a position able to provide support. The admiral was fired for completely separate reasons chronicled in an IG report or inspector general report. How do I know? For starters, I read the entire 50-plus page report on the firing. When you're in the military and these things happen, we tend to read up on it and, and form our own opinions. Second, I know the admiral and once worked for him. I'll refrain out of respect you know, for him from going further into details, but amazingly, additional articles based on this lie circulated further with some conservative circles demanding he be reinstated, claiming him to be the only leader with the stones to stand up to Obama. People even wanted him to appear at rallies for Mitt Romney. Now, there was another high-ranking leader, too. General Ham, the second commander of U.S. Africa Command. His story goes that Obama fired him because he, too, tried to aid in Benghazi. He was apparently fired. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, he wasn't. He was not fired. Once again, news outlets snagged a phony report that Ham suffered the wrath of Obama for trying to save Americans. Didn't happen. He instead completed his 24-month tour of duty, turned over duties to General David M. Rodriguez, and retired at age 66. The firing never happened. Normal duty rotation, on time, on schedule. Mundane, normal routine. Now, we could go and get into Benghazi all day. And that really deserves its own full episode that separates fact from fiction. What is important is how these two articles painted a damaging and inaccurate picture. And this is just from the military. Imagine how many more are out there that have duped Americans. Now, I'm deliberately steering clear of the more recent fake news examples. Why? Because I've always tended to believe that time and distance fosters clarity. The Trump election stuff, Russian interference is still new, still raw. People are only beginning to get a solid understanding and there's really more to come. The real point is this, fake news has been out there for a long time. Left and right, they both perpetrated it. Sometimes it starts innocent though. More often than not, it's flat out nefarious. I can see a situation in which a reporter, or maybe even a blogger, hears a rumor that Ham was fired over Benghazi. He wanted to help, but was forced to stand down. Makes a good narrative. 
honorable soldier boxed in by politics. Then the reporter or blogger asks a friend for confirmation. Maybe he or she doesn't, and they just post it. The friend might give credence to the rumor, and the rumor myth becomes truth, now backed by allegedly credible sources. Those outlets out there, CNN, Fox News, AP, snatch it up without doing their due diligence. News media has got to get their act together in this regard. They haven't. The 24-hour news cycle demands quick delivery of breaking news. Corners get cut and falsehoods promulgated. Now, I'm going to offer one last Obama in the military story that I have a personal perspective on. Admiral Williams, commander of Strike Group 15, was fired back in January 2016. Immediately, speculation reigned supreme. Now, part of the reason is that the Navy rarely releases details during an investigation. People get replaced, reassigned, and then details flow later. This is done to protect the integrity of the investigation and the honor and credibility of the accused in case it turns out that there's nothing to see here. It's another reason why people should always hold off developing firm opinions until investigations are complete, Russia collusion included. The Navy eventually reported he was fired for porn. Porn? Porn. Good old-fashioned porno viewing on Navy computers. Watching questionable content on government computers is bad. Porn? Now that's worse. Such viewing isn't just a violation of the rules, but it exposes networks to crippling outages and compromises security. I met this particular admiral. In fact, I met him right before he was fired. I'll get to that. But the story once again shifted. He wasn't fired for porn, the faux news and blogs read. He was another hero. Not a porn-loving hero, but another who challenged Obama and suffered the consequences. On Snopes, for your reading pleasure, the narrative goes that the admiral was fired for exposing Obama's Dubai mansion purchase. What? Obama bought a mansion in Dubai? Nope. A bullshit website called whatdoesitmean.com duped thousands. Here's what it said. A stunning new foreign intelligence service SVR report circulating in the Kremlin today states that one of the United States' top Navy commanders was relieved of his command a few hours ago after he sent an email posting revealing that President Obama was in the process of purchasing a multi-million dollar seaside luxury villa in the United Arab Emirates, UAE, city of Dubai. According to the report, the commander of U.S. Navy's Carrier Strike Group 15, Rear Admiral Rick Williams, posted a pointed query on 8 January, since deleted, to the U.S. Navy Institute's readiness kill chain recipients responders list as to why Navy security and intelligence personnel had been dispatched from Naval Support Facility Thurmont, a.k.a. Camp David, to Dubai on what he termed an Obama house hunting mission. According to Snopes, Sorsha Fail is the alleged author of the ongoing series of reports published at whatdoesitmean.com, whose work is of such quality that even other conspiracy nutters don't think much of it. Each report resembles a news story in its style, but usually includes a sensational headline barely related to reality and quotes authoritative high-level Russian sources such as Russian Federal Security Service to support its most outrageous claims. 
except for the stuff attributed to unverifiable sources. The reports don't contain much original material. They are usually based on various news items from the mainstream media and or whatever the clogosphere, I don't, I don't know that they use that term, is currently hyperventilating about, with each item shoehorned into the conspiracy narrative the report is trying to establish. All right, so what really happened? Like I said, I met Admiral Williams. I was on board the USS John C. Stennis helping advise the strike group watch team on air defense-related matters during a pre-deployment sustainment exercise, or SUSTEX. I got really hot trying to explain some finer point on training to the team. Really hot. Basically, one of the watch standards was complaining that one of the DDGs was doing something incorrect, so I blasted him for you know just sitting back slack-jawed and not providing guidance. Admiral Williams, whose job it was to head the strike group training, walked over and started me ask, asking me tactical questions. Apparently, I passed his test because I was invited to have dinner in his cabin to discuss in greater detail. He struck me as odd, but I couldn't quite put my finger on it. Dinner finished, he handed me a shiny coin, his command coin. Sweet! I'll add it to my collection, I thought. Little did I know, things were about to get a lot weirder. Shortly thereafter, he was gone left the ship. How? Why? I asked some people in the know and they confirmed the porn charges. Facts released clearly paint a portrait of deliberate wrongdoing. It wasn't just the computer on John C. Stennis where porn was viewed, but a number of other ships he'd been temporarily assigned on while overseeing training. Government information technicians are pretty savvy tracking this stuff down. Considering the firewalls you have to bypass, it's more likely they nabbed him based on search history and a laundry list of access denials. The point is, a false narrative flooded cyberspace about Obama, an admiral, and a Dubai mansion. A completely phony story that was meant to sow hate and discontent against the former president's administration. For some, the opinion of Obama was so low that... they came to believe it hook, line, and sinker. And this is the real lesson of fake news. False reports tell us what we want to hear, what we want to believe. I still have that coin sitting prominently in my display case. A reminder that looks can, well, be deceiving. And on to my final thoughts. If fake news is all around, what can we do about it? Sure, I offered some extreme examples, but the list goes on. Well, here's what to do. Whenever you come across an article, ask yourself, what is the source? Are they using unnamed sources? If the article seems too good to be true, it probably is. You might absolutely hate Trump and be predisposed to think the worst in him. Aha! Here, this proves exactly what I conditioned myself to believe. Yeah, the reality is probably more complicated and more boring than the carefully crafted story you just read. Same with the scorn of liberals and the left. How many times do you come across a story about a professor who does something batshit crazy? Ah, leftists, running amok, ruining America. Well, maybe that's one particular lefty. Many articles do just that. Take one example, the exception, and make it the rule. So here's some sound tips that some Harvard smart mouths put together. Number one, vet the publisher's credibility. Does it have citations and links to the original stories? What is the domain name? Be wary of unusual sounding domain names like .com.co, CO. 
like company. Second level domain names like ABC News may appear credible, but abcnews.com.co is a different and illegitimate site. Now, what is the publication's point of view? Always read the About Us section to gain insights on the publisher. Satirical sites will state, often in small letters, this is for humor or satire only. Yet, too often people miss that and post away. Gullible folks fall victim. Also, who is the author? Has he or she published anything else? Do they have contact info that is credible and up to date? Number two, pay attention to quality and timeliness. Are there spelling errors? Geez, they don't even have an editor? Does the article shift to all caps or dramatic punk, pun, uh, punctuation? Reputable, <laughs> Reputable sources don't do this. Be warned. Is the story current or recycled using old information? Three, check the sources and citations. How did you find the article? Social media feed passed from your loony friend who loves conspiracies and argues the earth is flat? Who is or isn't quoted and what do they say? If the quote sounds real bad, check PolitiFact, FactCheck.org, Open Secrets, On the Issues, or Snopes. I personally love Snopes. Whenever I hear something too good to be true, I Snopes it. Also, is the information available on other sites that are unimpeachable? Can you perform reverse searches from sources or images? In the era of Photoshop, you can't believe everything you see. And fourth, ask experts. Consult with your intelligent, unbiased friends. Use those fact-checking sites and be suspicious. We live in an era where agendas are more difficult than ever to uncover, in part because of the rush of information without proper filters, or any filters at all. I really hope this episode helps because truth, fact, reality is precious. Their erosion is dangerous to intellectualism, but also democracy. Before you believe something, do a little bit of your own investigative work. Before you pass on a Facebook article gone viral, take a second look at it and ask some questions because our ability to reason and think is what ultimately separates us from the chimps. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I'm going to give a send-off. Fleetwood Mac, Little Lies. I know this song doesn't exactly apply to this episode, but I really just want to hear it right now. So, from 1987, the far-out 80s, Fleetwood Mac, Little Eyes. Great song.